This is the Squared Goal Podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Maruyama. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Squared Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Morris, and Jared Jairs is here with me again. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> also known as the Shorts Guy. Better known <laughs> as the Shorts Guy. A Shorts Guy. Not a, it's not a proper noun. <laughs> the Shorts Guy. Oh, good. It's going to be know, a thing. You know, you shouldn't tell me... You shouldn't tell me things that bother you because then... <laughs> no, I didn't. That's all I want to do. <laughs> it didn't bother me. It just took me by surprise and made me terribly self-conscious. Anyway, old news. Well, there you go. Old news. Well, now I want to do it enough so it does bother you. Okay, good. So if, if you're a fan of Jared's and you don't have, you ever see him at a, a live event or a signing... And? Please ask him... <laughs> Please refer to him as the shorts guy and ask him to sign your print as shorts guy. Oh, geez. Okay. Very good. Let's see if we get one person to do that. Mm. I would love it. I'll never tell. I will never tell you. (laughs) They'll tell me. They'll tell me. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to start off this episode. What is is this episode? This is the June recap episode. Fantastic. No guests. It's just me and the shorts guy today. <sighs> um, <laughs> but I wanted to talk about something. So Instagram has, what do you call it? They, they've done an update or they've added a new feature mm. to the app, yes. which is video. Right. Um, wh- what's the name of it again? I always forget. There's like a specific name. Instagram Live? Movies. Is Isn't it Instagram movies? movies? Yeah. I don't know. Some something. Oh no, Instagram Live's old. Yeah, that's um, that's just yeah. But anyway, it's like Instagram's version of YouTube, I guess. To, for in my opinion, it's not very user friendly. Like the interface is kind of annoying. You can't really scroll through and search as easily and comfortably as you can on YouTube. Instagram TV, IGTV. TV. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So for me, I haven't really done much with it. Um, have you spent time searching through videos and or watching any? No, that's usually what you're for, right? I think it's been historically <laughs> proven on this show that you go figure it out and then you tell me how to use it. Like stories. I was like a grandfather coming to stories <laughs> very late in the game. So, uh, I've, I've tried to go through, but it's just, it's not as, I don't know, maybe they need a, a little bit of time to really nail down well the the user experience and user interface on this so then what about stories like how do you look at stories is it is it i know it comes up at the top of your feed like i can't quite figure out how like do you just let them play through yeah the main reason i like stories is because it's the old instagram where you see everything in a, like a specific order timeline like so, a, it, when it was posted yeah, it goes so up like, and yeah and it's always there. If you scroll through the photos or the stills, yeah, who knows what you're seeing? Algorithm, how, right? In what order? Right. So, but the videos you can see it all of them, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and if you don't like what you're seeing, you can skip it or like thumb through it really quick, right? So it's not like 
you're spending a lot of time going through it. But yeah. Anyways, the reason I bring this up, you know where I'm going. I think hopefully. so. I think so. We tried. We tried. Very hard. To do, we tried to do our, um, our first video. I don't even know what you call it. Not an episode, but we, we tried to record something yeah. for Instagram TV. And I feel really bad because we roped in some more people to do this. So we got our friends from the Scary Movie Ice Cream Podcast, Cole, uh, Cole Roberts and Mike Anderson, to come on and be a part of this video. Yes. You can. <laughs> of course, it just... I don't know what it is. It's essentially what we were trying to do was the same thing as a podcast. But as soon... Like, the dynamics weren't really any different, if you look at it. Um, but because I knew there was video on, I felt like I had to do something different mm -hmm. or be a different type of person. Yes. And it just... I would say almost immediately just fell apart. It did. Uh, it was nice. So we should probably explain what we did. So Mark yes, had sent yes. all of us uh, the Reptar bar, which is from uh, Rugrats, for those of you who don't know. Correct. And so we were going to open these uh, packages, find out what they were, eat them online or eat them on the air, I guess. And, and so then we can mm -hmm. get a reaction and see what you know, people like it was supposed to just be a quick kind of a test really for video thing, um, but a fun way to do it. So right off the bat, I ruined the surprise, not knowing that these guys didn't know what was in the, <laughs> in the envelope. Uh, and then, and then we just ate candy and it was actually kind of a lot of, did you listen back to or watch any of the footage? I tried to, <laughs> um, so I actually tried to put it together and make an episode out of it, but it was so, so bad that it was pretty much, it, it was unsalvageable. Yeah. The damage had been done and it was irreversible. <laughs> Anyways, it was a fun, it was a fun conversation and I, I always like um, getting together with the guys from the Scary Movie Ice Cream Podcast. Yes. So that was cool. And to be able to eat a Reptar bar, even though... I'll be completely honest, the chocolate and the, the actual candy of it was not that good. Mm. It was pretty, it was really fun to be able to have a physical Reptar bar mm -hmm. after seeing it, you know, growing up on TV in the Rugrats cartoon. Right. I think, I, I feel like we should start with something like Instagram Live and just do a, a quick one or like an on location one where... It's a lot of pressure when you're sitting there and then you're aware that people are, are watching this footage as if it's something and it's it's nothing. You know, it's like, what's the difference? You're right. just seeing us now instead of just hearing us. So I think if we did something that was more visual, sort of innately more visual, it, it might be a little... Uh, we should start yeah. doing well, we unboxings. Tried, we did, <laughs> we did un Instagram Live once with the yes. unboxing. Yeah. Like we got the, yeah. um, the Disney Afternoon blind boxes. That was good. Um, and that's... That actually was my idea for the Reptar bars, but you can't get more than one other person on an Instagram live. So right. it actually would make sense for you and I to do it maybe every once in a while, but we wouldn't be able to get other individuals on. Right. Well, I think maybe eventually, but at, at the get-go, I don't think we can. They, they already have something. Have you been watching this on Instagram as well? Like you can chat now, like, like uh, video chat, like between four people. 
Oh, maybe they. I don't know if you can record it or or not, hmm. but no, I haven't seen that. Yeah, if there's something where you can live chat or or picture video chat. So we'll have to see. So I'm sure it's not far away from being able to record that or something. Um, yeah, it would make make sense to. Um, but anyway, but another. So another reason I wanted to talk about our failed attempt and the fact that we had. Mike and Cole on Mm -hmm. um, is to kind of promote our next episode, which is going to be this. I'm actually pretty excited for this. So I love cartoons. Um, I think I identify more as like an 80s kid, but I'm in reality, I'm truly a 90s kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what our next episode is, we're going to get Mike and Cole back on. This one will air for sure. Yes. Um, we're going to have them do a podcast episode where we I've created a, a, sh- a small bracket, like a tournament style bracket of Cartoon Network cartoons and Nick Nickelodeon Nicktoons. So these are all 90s. more or less 90s yeah. cartoons for Cartoon Network. I kind of cheated and went into the early 2000s for a f- like one or two. Yeah. But um, for the most part, it's 90s cartoons cartoon network versus nicktoons um it's a very interesting list i I think i think it's a little uh biased leaning towards your personal (laughs) your personal taste because i think there are some glaring omissions from the list uh that i'm sure some people will talk about that in the episode well yeah you got to tell them so it's controversial so they'll show up and be like well let's see what he did (laughs) i definitely agree with that so the how I came up with the list, you know, when you're doing a tournament thing to make it easy, you've got to do it basically divisible by four. So you got to do four, eight, 16, 32, 64. There's no way I was going to pick 30 to 60 different cartoons. Mm-hmm. So I had to pick eight. And then from those eight, I pit, tried to be, you know, relative, like, Pick kind of a, a well-rounded group. So I picked some that I'm actually not really fans right. of. But I had to make sure that I had the ones that were my favorites in there. I I don't know all the Nicktoons. Uh, I'm more familiar actually with the Cartoon Network stuff. So it went really quick for me. <laughs> I could have probably picked my winner without the bracket. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll have plenty of time to discuss that. I'm so excited to have them yeah. back on. It's always fun to have those guys uh, on the show. And uh and, and a nice way to apologize for the Reptar Bar video <laughs> incident. Um, uh, it's it's actually kind of ironic that it we, the episode or the video that didn't work out with them was Reptar related, and mm-hmm. then this episode we're doing with them is yeah includes the Rugrats. You know, it's it's funny too because the Reptar Bar it just ended up being kind of meh anyway. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't. Yeah. It was like, yep, it's chocolate with green stuff in the middle, but yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so the last thing I want to say about this Cartoon Network versus Nickelodeon thing, the real reason that we're doing this is the real reason. Uh, just a little bit of a little teaser here. Jared has produced some artwork that we will be releasing as prints. So we are going to be talking about that as well on the next episode. But yeah, be sure to follow us um, so you can see these really cool characters that he's illustrated from this cartoon era yes um, and so we're gonna do more a, news on that yeah we're gonna do a special release we'll talk about it first time we're doing this so very excited to see how this goes um but yeah we'll talk about it more i see i kind of want to talk right. about it now but we'll talk about it i know 
We'll talk so do I. So, yeah. but let, let's let's move on to another topic so we don't uh, talk yeah. say too much yeah. about this this top secret project that isn't top secret. <laughs> so this is our last recap. We did a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So we actually talked about like the first week of June, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this happened like right after the record, I think. Um, but Jared was nice enough to invite me Ugh. to Disneyland. And not only Disneyland, but we got to go again to Club 33. And not only Club 33, but I, this is the first time that I was able to go into Club 1901, which is on the California Adventure side. Yes. Yes. Very exciting. And I regret doing it, but, you know, it's too late now. So let's talk about. Thank you. Sure. How it went. <laughs> what did you think? So let's start from from the beginning there. What did you think of 1901? What were your what were your thoughts on that? So, I mean, it, it's so difficult to describe these clubs. Um, <laughs> I, so, OK, let me I'm going to. Yes. Go back a little bit. Okay. Talk. Okay. So, I I love Disneyland. I love Disney history. I love like all that goes into the these clubs, like what they are, how they're kind of faux secrets, but everybody knows about it. Right. Right. Um, I love and like I said before, the history is the coolest thing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not a fan of the parks and you're not a fan of Disney, you don't care about the history and all this other stuff. It's just like a bar. So yeah. when I'm trying to describe this to like friends and family that aren't Disney fans or Disney buffs, they're just, they like roll their eyes. Like what is so cool about this? Like why would people spend thousands of dollars for memberships here? Sure. Like, what, what's the big deal? Yeah. And in my head, I'm just like, you know, clenching my teeth like what is wrong with you this is the coolest thing (laughs) so you know i was able to go twice in june yes and i've had i had a lot of these conversations with friends and family like oh yeah i've heard of it but what's the big deal and right right. it's it's difficult to describe but it's really it's just that there's so much history in this these rooms um in these clubs and it's the fact that it is like a private mm-hmm. club within the parks makes it also that much more special. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But to actually answer your question, and I think I've said this every time I talk about Club 33, the, the thing that I like the most about these clubs is that it's in the, these, like the most popular theme parks in the world where mm-hmm. there's all this craziness, all this like, Right. Tons of people. It's hot. Um, it's crowded. It's crazy. And then you go into this room and it's like a hidden oasis almost mm-hmm. where yeah. just on the other side of this small wall is that cra- chaos. But as soon as you go into this room or this club, it's like you're transported to another place. Absolutely. It's really, there's such a huge divide that it's it almost is like a literal transport once you go through the doors well i think too like so uh 
you might think I'm extremely rich, but I'm not, Mark. I'm not. I'm an average <laughs> sort of guy. But I mean, like that kind of sure. service and that kind of attention to stuff is 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 novel. It's not something that I experience all the time. You know what I mean? So I, I could see where someone who gets this all the time gets used to it or something. But for me, it's still sort of, it's so fancy. Special. Yeah, like, mm. like, uh just the the customer service and, and the way that they treat you when you're here, it, it's just so nice to to experience. It's like flying first class, like when we talked about that. It's a it's a completely mm-hmm. different experience when just on the other side of that little curtain is coach. Uh, you know, like there's a huge difference right. between those two. With with Club Thirty Three and 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 Nineteen Oh One, I think it is so much about the uh, the exclusivity of it, and that so many people want to go this, and you have to be sort of invited, and so of course that's what makes it sort of. Um, I don't like a prize to be able to get in there. Like you've won something, yeah. not so much like it's just another part of the park or something. Uh, like my mom mm-hmm. will always say, "Oh, did you go to Club Thirteen again?" I'm like, "Okay, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yes." <laughs> so, but I will say, 1901 is a. It seems much. Uh, well, it is. It's much smaller than Club Thirty Three is in Disneyland, and it really is like a. Like you said, it's a lounge. It's a nice lounge with a nice bar, and you can order food. But right. but relatively small. Yeah, it's. Um, I actually I didn't know much about nineteen oh one. You know, Club Thirty Three gets all the mm-hmm. attention. Yeah. Uh, so I really didn't know what to expect going in. I actually, I I don't know if I was really that familiar with it at all. I I think um, the Master of One guys talked about it, mm-hmm. and that might have been the first time that I had ever heard about the club. Mm-hmm. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, it's very nice in there. The, the decor is very nice. And there's a lot more, uh, in that location, there's a lot more, uh, Disney history stuff that they've put up uh, around the club. Right. Uh, and it's, well, it makes sense to be there because, uh, it's in the, the replica of the Carthay circle. Right. Right. And it just, that building itself seems to be more historic, mm-hmm. um, than the Disneyland side, yeah, the Club Thirty Three, yeah. But the lounge at Thirty Three. So this was the first time that I was able to go into the lounge at Thirty Three. That lounge is really freaking cool, and it's so you go in there and it's just you know you hang out and there's a bunch of chairs, there's a bar, there's tables, mm-hmm. but like all of the little details, yeah. That's what really makes this area so magical. Like it. I mean, it sounds stupid, but it's really, really, really neat and well, really fun. And the lounge is a recent addition. And in all the years before when I had not been in the club, I the lounge is kind of what I thought the club was before, <laughs> if that makes sense. You mm-hmm. know, like little Disney things in there and like little... Uh, um, I don't know what you'd call them, just like little Easter egg kind of things to look at and, and see with that that are up and around the club. So when I first went to have uh, dinner in the, the dining room area, that seemed very sort of not plain, but just like a fancy restaurant. It didn't didn't right, feel like right. themed or or particularly Disney, other than the fact that you understood the history of this location. Um, so that's why I really do like. Uh, the lounge part of it and to meet the other members and, you know, the hosts, our hosts are very sort of friendly people. So we get to meet a lot of people <laughs> and then right, the staff right. is very friendly. And so uh, you talk to them a lot. And so it's a very different experience than just kind of going over there and having a fancy quiet dinner, uh, which was very good, but uh, just a different feeling. 
Yeah, and it's it, it, the the other thing. So we're obviously we're not members, but it's fun to see the members interact with each other. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like a country club. Like a <laughs> yeah, we're like I mean, there's probably a a lot of me- members and not everyone knows each other, but when you go there, it feels like all the members know each other. Yes. Um like they'll go up to each other, say hi. A lot of them know each other by their first names. Right, right. Um, the staff knows a lot of them by their first names, which is cool to see that they, the staff like actually, I mean, I'm sure they don't actually care, but they do a good job pretending oh, yeah. that they care sure. about the members. Sure, sure. <laughs> so that's a, it's, it's just a fun experience. I mean, if, if, if you're listening to this and you ever have the opportunity to go see Club 33, Highly recommend it. Um, I know it's so two things. It's not for everyone and not everyone has the opportunity to go to it. Right. Um, right. Right. Uh, but it's definitely whether you're a fan of Disney, Disneyland or not, I think you definitely should. If you have the opportunity, you should go. Um, so I'm going to because of what it is. I want to ask you one more question before we get off this and you can edit this out if you want. Uh, I hope you don't. But anyway, so mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. I was bringing you in and, and these were people who had invited me and I said, hey, can I bring my my uh, my friend along? And, you know, they said yes and made some uh, adjustments and stuff uh, because uh, we also got to see fireworks. We didn't even mention that. We also got to go to the oh, yes. gonna... awesome Club 33 section for viewing the fireworks right in front of the castle. Oh my gosh. That was, I don't want to say the best part. That was really cool though. Mm-hmm. Like all of the years that I've been going to Disneyland um, and having annual passes for since I was in high school, yeah, I've never had a seat quite like that. So this was literally front and center like you could not get right any more centered on the castle than where we were right like you know again going for so many years you pick up little tricks on how to get spots without waiting hours and hours um just staking your little plot of land i have never done that though i have never like let's go sit down on that you know oh no stretch no, no, no. Of the, i've never done that either. yeah it's i I'm amazed at how much people, how early they line up. Like people will spend hours, yeah. there, like two to three hours just on a blanket, on a bench, on a curb, whatever. I just it's don't just, see how that's worth it. Like how we did it obviously was very special and nice. And it's like, yes, it, you couldn't ask for a better viewing spot. But um, to, to sit there all day and then have just that little fireworks show, I, it just seems like it Because it's be- actually the fireworks... <laughs> Display is pretty short. I, I think so. Relative. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that was very nice. I, I think that's one of the big perks. I mean, they get all kinds of stuff. They get the fast passes that we gave away mm-hmm. on our way out. Yeah. Um, so uh, another thing that happened this past month. Um, so we re- after your So Cute show, we released one of your designs, the Kool-Aid pins. We did a series of cute aid mystery packets that sold out pretty quick mm-hmm. um back in april and i held on to a few because we have decon coming up and i thought you know for those who weren't able to get one on the first run we'll give people that are able to have like come out to see us live give them the opportunity to buy these but we've got other big plans for decon so that leftover stock that I was holding on to, mm-hmm. we decided to release in June, and that sold out 
probably just as quick as the first batch. Mm-hmm. Um, it was there was a, quite a few less this second time around because it was just leftover. Um, but it's cool to see that your your stuff is going. Um, so if you were looking for these cute aid pins, they are sold out. However, we have a few packs of the. Co- I don't know if it's a pack, but we're selling it as a complete set. Mm-hmm. So you can. It's not the blind packets where you don't know what you're getting. You're buying the whole thing. So you're guaranteed the entire cute aid set. So you get every color, every flavor. Glitter. And you get the glitter versions. You get the regular versions. There's 10 total pins. And you get a signed print that is not available for purchase anywhere else. So you can't buy this print, signed or unsigned. The only way you can get this print is if you get the complete set. Mm -hmm. So if you missed out on the cute aids or you want the full set, we do have a couple of those left over in the Squared Co. shop. So Squaredco.org. We'll leave a link. Leave a link to it in the show notes. But yeah, pick up a pick up a few complete sets. Give one as a gift. <laughs> Why not? Uh, um, I um, I'm excited though. So. I don't, we're not going to say what it is, but Jared and I are working on a lot of cool new products for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's for me, like, I think you've, you've asked me a few times before, like, what do I enjoy Yes, being like, I don't know, the creative director of Squared Co. Like what part of this do I like? Yes. I love the, like the problem solving and the brainstorming phase and like coming up with cool new concepts for Everything from design to products to events, like it's so much fun for me to think about uh, new ways to utilize all these different people's talents. Mm-hmm. Um, and for you, it's great being able to find like new and creative ways to present your artwork via merchandise. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a standard pin um, that we're trying to do. It's a whole new experience, if you will, of products and merchandise. Yeah. So. I mean, it's kind of like what we talked about on the freelance episode. Uh, it's like, uh, what I like to do is draw. I like to do the character stuff that I do. And that's really about it. Um, you know, the rest of it, I, I am mildly <laughs> interested. I'm, I'm interested in the conceptual side of it. Like I, I like the idea of having merchandise or, or a line of characters or something like that. I don't always want to be the one who has to implement it because that takes me away from actually doing the drawing. I mean, I'll obviously have mm-hmm. opinions on things, but it's nice to work with someone right. else who could bring a different perspective to your own work and, and then come up with these ideas. And it's great because you'll be like having a dream about something and then come to me and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Which has happened yes. before. But, um, but it's great. That's, I, I think that's the best way to work with people is when everyone's kind of doing the part that they really like uh, and to get, get the best results. It's, it's a weird, I mean, I'm uncomfortable even saying it's a talent, but I am good at, I wish I was good at the, the art side and the creative side um, but I feel like I, I'm stronger at making things happen. I don't know if that makes sense, mm-hmm. but like, 
assembling teams and finding ways to utilize yeah. their talent. Well, and I always know. think that that's why, like someone like you, you need a staff. And I know we, we say that jokingly all the time, but it's true. I think you are a good ideas guy and, and you have uh, definite ideas of how to sort of roll these things out and implement them. And uh, it's nice if it's not just you having to do all of that because <laughs> it, it's time consuming. It is. Yeah. It would be nice. So that it would be real nice. I think that's the biggest holdback of all of this is that uh, it's just one or two of us doing uh, the work of quite a few. So, uh, but that's all future talk to right eventually you'll have staff i'm sure we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> um but yeah it's it's great working with you and if you are a fan of jared's stuff um and you know whether or not you were able to score some of his uh merchandise that has sold out or not we are going to be doing a lot more stuff in the the near future and even more in the coming months and year mm-hmm. but Again, if you are a fan of his, there not everything has sold out on the Squared Co. website. Jared still has his own little section um, on our website. There's a Jared button that you can click on that'll take you directly to all of his products. That's so, right. At the very least, if you haven't checked out his stuff, there's a lot of Squared Co. exclusives in there. You can't get this stuff or Jared's. You can't get this Jared merch anywhere else. That's right. Exclusive square that, code merchandise. That's the way I to say it. There's, um, you mentioned the freelance episode a little bit. Yes. Um, and I kind of wanted to talk to you about that on this episode. Sure. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, I think, so that was our first more topic, like professional topic-based yep. episode. We've done the movie reviews and we've done kind of the fan roundtables, mm-hmm. but that was the first um group discussion we've had on a professional topic and again this is it, we talked with Don Clark and Tommy Perez Don Clark is from Invisible Creature and they are both full-time freelancers along with Jared uh and we talked I don't want to say all things freelance because there was definitely some things we could still talk about in the freelance conversation. Oh, for sure. But it was an entire episode dedicated to freelancing. So we covered stuff like when should you make the jump into freelance? Is it a good idea for everyone to do freelance? Uh, Navigating, working with clients. Uh, There's all sorts of uh, good little bits of information in there. So if you haven't already listened to it, go ahead and check that one out. Um, But I want to ask you, how do you think that went and, is this something you think we should be doing more of moving forward? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's definitely something we should be doing more of. It, 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 what's difficult to gauge with this episode is that we had very good guests. And, and it's hard for me sometimes to separate what is just a good guest making it a good episode or is it just the topic? Could we have changed out the artist and still had a good uh, conversation about freelance or is it more about who we had on? Difficult to sort of sort that out. Like that was the first time we talked to Don and Don's great. Don's a total professional. He's done things. He's done presentations. He knows how to talk. It's not like uh, he was a difficult guest or anything like that. Same for Tommy. Uh, But we had him on before. So we had more of an idea of what to expect from him. So I think Mm -hmm. you said it a little bit on the intro for that episode is that it was a little fanboyish. It was a little bit difficult to not be fanboyish with Don or kind of want to keep digging into his, uh, you know, what he's done and what he's accomplished. But I think the information that was on there, once I listened to it back and we did 
edit that thing down a little bit. There was a lot more sort of peripheral <laughs> conversation, I think, <laughs> around the stuff that you heard on the episode. Um, but they were so uh, willing and and um, easy to talk to, and they were very forthcoming with their answers. So it made it for a very uh, relaxed conversation, I think, which is what we're always trying to do with this with this show. But I think it takes the right like mix of people to have that happen. Um, but yeah. uh, listening back to it, I've actually listened to it a couple of times. Um, I think the information was really good. And I, I, I think, I don't know, like if you go too much deeper, it gets too specific to the individual. And I don't know if it is that's helpful, but I would have liked to have had, I think, more questions from our listeners or from other artists who, who are actually in that situation and find out what is the thing that is, uh, you know, pressing for them. Well, in order to do that, I think we need to get more listeners, Jared. So true. <laughs> that that's that's step one. Yeah, get listeners so we can get specific questions from said listeners. It's been uh, a popular episode for us, relatively speaking, and I think that's thanks to uh, you know both Don and Tommy and the audiences they they bring, and that's sort of built into to their followings. But right. um, yeah, the reception yeah, this has been is, um, good. We're getting, this is a, I mean, like you said, it's relative to the time and right. uh, our audience, but this is one of the the more listened to episodes and it's only been out for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would love to hear from people, whether it's in comments or in the reviews, uh, like mm-hmm. other guests that you'd like to hear from, as well as topics of what you'd like us to cover, or if there's certain people uh, you want to ask specific questions of, like, I, I would love to hear all of that stuff. Cause I think, um, you know, we're kind of both going by what we would be interested in and the people that we would want to talk to. So it would be great to hear from everybody else. And, and trust me, there are people that we love that we have been trying to get on the show and who just don't like to do <laughs> oh, podcasts. Yeah. It's if just because you recommend somebody doesn't mean we can actually get them right. to agree to come on the show. Right. There's a, uh, there, yeah, there's, Quite a difference there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we'll do everything we can. And it's nice to be able to go to these people and say, we've had a lot of requests for you. That sort of helps, I think, make them feel comfortable about it. But uh, it just depends. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but not only um, specific guests, but again, like if if you have a topic that you'd like to hear us discuss, mm-hmm. um, even if it's just a couple questions for me and Jared, like if it's a topic or something that we can, we're comfortable handling, we can just talk about it in another or future recap yeah so i mean we we do want to encourage a lot of listener feedback uh we want to engage with you guys as much as possible so if you haven't already i've been doing this the past month uh really pushing our rating and reviewing on itunes if you haven't done so already please do so um i will probably wrap up this episode by urging you to do it again (laughs) so that'll be enough for now but it is it's really one of the only ways, along with comments, the only ways that we can grow. Like we do read all of this feedback and we do talk about it before uh, or when we get it. We do talk about mm-hmm. it and kind of discuss whether or not this is something that we want to address or if it's worth changing the format or adding something. We do take into consideration all of your comments and we do read them all. Yep. Yep. 
We so do. do. Please, please keep them coming. So one of the other All ways right. that we've been trying to get people involved is sort of these uh, the monthly prompts that we started doing. Oh, um, yes. I, did, I forgot to add that to my well, list. Well, there you so go. That's you why I have my up. list. Yeah. So this month, our theme or the prompt is Superman. Uh, and so we're asking everyone to submit or post their Superman, Supergirl, Krypton, Clark Kent, any Metropolis art. Um, post it up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Use the hashtag squaredco underscore create and the hashtag super summer so we can find it and we can see it and we can share it uh, across our social medias too. So for this, we really just want to see um, everyone participate. Um, it's kind of like what we did with the quickie Mickey thing. Um, we're just trying to keep that energy going and, and having sort of a monthly inspiration um, to keep people drawing. And then you can see other people's art and find other artists and uh, just uh, try to build a community around uh, creating something. So, right. And it's super casual. Mm -hmm. Like you can spend 30 minutes on a piece or you can spend six hours on a piece. Um, it's totally up to you. There's really no rules aside from uh, we'll give you the prompt and Obviously, um, this is Superman or Superman related stuff. So any any idea that you have uh, that has to do with Superman, we'd love to see it. I try, you know, we so last month was Jurassic World came out. So we did Jurassic June. To be honest, we had I I was not expecting such a big response. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's great. We do. We love it. But I I'm not going to be able to repost all of them. Um, I did a lot of the Jurassic June ones, but not all of them. We will try um, to repost as many as we can for mm -hmm. this month as well. Um, so please, please keep them coming. Uh, and you know what? I, I've gotten this response a few times or this question from a, a lot of different creatives. Uh, if you are interested in getting involved with Squared Co., some of their events, their gallery shows... This is a good way to get on our radar. Mm -hmm. Submit a piece for any one of our Squared Co-Create uh, monthly prompts. I follow this hashtag. Jared follows the hashtag. So we will see it come up um, on our feed, hopefully. I don't know how the hashtags play into the algorithm. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you tag us, if you use the hashtag, it just increases your chances of getting on our radar and for future shows or future projects, if you are a good fit, I will definitely reach out to you um, to get you involved. Mm -hmm. So again, if this is something that you're interested in, this is a great way to kind of get on our radar. And just because you post something and I don't respond doesn't mean that I don't see it. <laughs> I do have a running. I mean, this is completely honest. I have a running list of artists that. I'm keeping kind of in my back pocket for, you know, whatever needs I have for different projects. So just because I don't reach out to you doesn't mean that I didn't see it and I'm, we're not aware of your work. So, I, you know, I got to say, though, for these kinds of things, I, I know it seems like, um, you know, everybody's busy and I get that. But for me, when I was getting started, these were the kinds of things that got my work noticed. It wasn't from so much the mm -hmm. jobs that I was getting at the time because those weren't fantastic jobs. Uh, they were from posting fan art and posting things to communities or things that were popular and the hashtags and all that stuff. So I think it really can have the potential to lead somewhere. Um, so I, I think it's a great excuse to do some fun stuff and, and have it get seen by a, an audience that might not normally see your work. So 
but again, across the board, whether you're just beginning or you're a professional artist, whatever that means, uh, it'd be great to see work from from everybody. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Jared? I don't want to define it. I get everyone upset. Uh, that'll be a whole uh, roundtable <laughs> episode right there. Oh, that's funny. The, you know what? I so thinking about this. Uh oh. If I like if. Squared Co. becomes a thing that is able to make enough money for me to do that full time. Yes. That's not really freelancing, is it? Yeah. Well, what would you even call you're that? a business owner. Like You'd be starting your own business. It's the same ballpark, but it's not really, it's not freelancing the way that we were talking about it last no, week. No, no. Because you're, the freelance episode. you're a business owner. You'd be hiring people. You wouldn't really be, I mean, yeah, I guess not. It's interesting because... So there's so many different faces to Squared Co. right now. We've got mm-hmm. the podcast. We've got the store. We've got events. Um, from time to time, I do printing. Mm-hmm. Um, I get hired to do design projects that I'll utilize a number of different creatives to finish. Right. So, you know, there's so many different avenues that Squared Co. exists in and so many different projects we're a part of. I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking about that as we're doing the freelance episode and um, a little bit afterwards, like what me doing squared co full time would like, how, what would you call that? Yeah. It's just, Uh, well, you'd be, I mean, a small business owner. Yeah. But I think like the main gist of what we were talking about too, is about working for yourself and being sort of, sort of your own boss. Um, And so I think that would definitely fall under that category uh, for you, because you would still have the same challenges we would have as a freelance. Just your work is slightly different than what we're doing day to day, but but just right. as much of the same stresses and problems, I think, as that as what we would have. Oh yeah, no, definitely. And I, you know, because we exist in the same world, mm-hmm. you know, it's a creative world, and we're going after creative jobs, yeah, um, or working on creative projects. It definitely there's a lot that um, I was able to get from that conversation. Yeah. And, the problem I think for you is um, like for me, it's just managing my work and, and my work ethic and my schedule. You would have to do that for a lot of people. And that's terrible because we all know artists are terrible, yeah. awful people. <laughs> and that that's where, uh, yeah, that's something you have that uh, we wouldn't have. So, um, but yeah. Yay. Yes. <laughs> Good times. So speaking of uh, whatever we just did there. Yes. Um, that's right. Force the transition. You- <laughs> You you asked in uh, or we, you know we actually do this in a lot of our episodes when we have a guest on is talking about dream jobs. Yeah. I don't know if we, you've ever have we gotten an answer from you like is there I know so K- Disney kind of is the dream job mm-hmm. and obviously you've been doing that for years right um, and not only like you've touched a lot of different parts of Disney mm-hmm. um, is there is there a dream job that exists that you haven't been a part of or that you're still looking to do? Um, uh, of course there are still goals. Toys R Us. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's like the, the longer that I do this and the more that, the more experiences that I have, uh, like I always say, like when you tell people to sort of dream big, because you have to be kind of thinking like bigger. And so I think that's kind of where my head has been lately is like, I, I'm very proud of the stuff that I've been able to do for Disney and that's a whole world unto itself. Um, but then you kind of look like, okay, well, what's the next step for you? And I think for me, it's more about my own IP and creating my own characters and, uh, creating a line on my own. 
it's not to say mm-hmm. that that replaces Disney. It doesn't. I will always want to do stuff with Disney, um, but um, that, that that's a different thing that I can sort of work towards. Um, I still have goals within uh, my work with Disney. There are still things, and I don't want to say them out loud because I'm very superstitious, and I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to jinx it by saying. But I, I certainly have things written down of uh, little goals that I'd like to achieve within that company. Um, but uh, I think the main goal for me right now is developing my own IP and doing that tandem. And that takes a lot of time. So whether it's doing these like gallery shows yeah. like 88 or, or stuff with you, um, it's it's focusing on that side and trying to develop them side by side so that I can have two things and not just just the one thing. But that is that is a huge goal. That's a big, difficult, yeah. uh, years long <laughs> plan. So um, but uh, there was a. You asked this in the freelance episode, and again, I don't think you had an answer, but is there a full-time job that exists that could convince you to get, give up freelance and do this career job? I could see a temporary position, uh, like, a, like a long-term contract or something, or, or like the, the duration of a project. Like if they said, we want to hire you to work on something for the theme park, uh, where this is your only thing that you're going to do for you know up to a year or whatever if there was an end in sight i think i would i could be lured away by the right thing um but i don't think i would want to just go to a position in general um to uh Mm -hmm. to replace what i'm doing with freelance because that would be a whole different world so uh, if it was the right project or the right amount of money hate to say that uh it would be hard to pass it up (laughs) i think but uh but you know it's a big decision because I don't know what's happening at your house there, but uh, there. Oh, there's a car. There's one of those old fashioned car <laughs> alarms going off in the parking lot. This is great. You know, the one that has like 10 different yes. types of sound effects yes. that just go off in sequence. <laughs> but um, leaving freelance, it's such a big decision because you close off all these clients and it's hard to come right back to that. You can't just come right back to it. So like, yeah. it's a pretty, pretty big decision to do that. Um, so I don't know. That would be, that'd be a hard call. I think, I wouldn't know until the the, the situation presented Offer itself. came up. Yeah, yeah. A couple more things I got on my notes here. Yeah. Uh, I just teased at it a little bit here, but Toys R Us, mm-hmm. it is officially no more. Very sad. How do you... So, I know we've been talking about it, you know, off and on, kind of casually the past few months, uh, specifically about, you know, how we got our... Land speeders, which <laughs> it's great that we got them at that price, but at what cost, Jared? A little bit sad. What was the cost? It's so um, yeah. I I mean, I want to. I'm gonna. I, I'll give you my answer, yeah, but I yeah. want to hear like what what Toys R Us meant to you growing up because <laughs> you. I mean, all jokes aside, you did experience it in a different time period yes. than me. Um. I, I'm just curious to see if like it had a different type of impact on mm-hmm. you than it did yeah. for me. Uh, yeah, well, because when I was young, and uh, I mean, even for you to a certain degree, but uh, when I was a kid, we weren't anywhere near the internet or anything close to it. So uh, mm-hmm. everything was stores. You, you went to the store to see this. You got catalogs at Christmas time, and that's how you knew what was out there or TV commercials, uh, you know. For these specific toys. So you'd go to Toys R Us to sort of look at everything. And it was different because everywhere sort of had toys back then, right? Like you went to Mervyn's and they had a toy section. And 
uh, Sears or whatever. Uh, but Toys R Us was so special because it was a standalone big ass store. It wasn't like KB in the mall that was yeah. tiny and ridiculous. It was like everything you wanted, you'd go to Toys R Us. And, it, and then you associated it with birthdays, whether it was your own or somebody else's and you had to go get a gift. So so for me, that's where all the Toys R Us like nostalgia comes from. And, and that's what makes me sad about seeing this company go. I mean, I, I've heard all the arguments about how expensive they were and what a bad business model it was and, and whatever. And I, I don't know. I can't really argue that stuff. To me, it's just it represents someplace you went when you were five. And to see that go away is that's always sad, no matter what it is, I think. Yeah, I agree with, uh, you know, I don't know if it could have ever continued to exist and compete with the Internet. Right. I don't know if there was a solve for making it last a little bit longer. But for what it meant to me, um, you know, it was more of like. You know, the theme song and what Toys R Us represented was probably a bigger deal to me than the actual experience of going into the store. <laughs> right, right. Some of the memories that I have of Toys R Us, every Christmas, I think it was at Thanksgiving, they had like the giant yep. Toys R Us catalog that came in the newspaper. So after Thanksgiving, either that day or the weekend, I would just, I would go through every page and circle cut out all the toys that I wanted <laughs> and whether or not my parents actually went to Toys R Us to get them I have no idea right but right. that was a big part of my toy shopping was that Toys R Us catalog mm -hmm. but it is it, it's super sad to see something like that go mm -hmm. away because it's it was so iconic and it meant something to so many different people the again, we we were able to benefit off of their sales, yeah, <laughs> as they were shutting their doors. But, um, one more thing that I got on top of the land speeder, uh, I kind of sent pictures to you, but I don't, I don't think I sent you what I actually got. But you know, once the final weeks were coming down, they Toys R Us was selling everything in the store, including their fixtures. Ah, uh, yes, so I went, I went back. Keeping, you know, future events in mind and specifically these conventions that we're doing. I was like, <laughs> what can I use here? Yeah. Like, how can I repurpose this stuff to work in a convention? And there was, oh, my God. I wish I had a warehouse because they were selling, like, incredible things for so cheap. Yeah. There was, like, maybe a 12-foot long. It was... um. Like one of the this, the larger display things from like a Baby's R Us that have it was like a clothing rack, but it was in the if you're looking at it from an aerial view, it was like the shape of an uppercase I. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on either side of the long part, the longest wall. Yeah. You could hang stuff from either side, and then at the end caps, you could hang stuff on there. Was it like so pegboard it or like similar yeah. similar concept to that? So you could put um individual yes you can put shelving on there yeah. or like the the thing that you you put hangers on right like a, right not a rod but what sticks straight out of the wall yes um <laughs> anyways it was like 12 feet long and like eight feet high and i was just looking like oh my god this would be a great piece if you for a convention yeah. to like separate part of the booth mm -hmm. um you can dress it up just putting like a solid print over it to get rid of the weird 
branding that looks right, right. embedded on it from a baby's Were these things in pieces um, or did you have to take no, it? No, it was, well, you could take it apart, but it was so big. Yeah. Like, I, for one, I wouldn't be able to store it anywhere. Right. But this giant piece, they're selling for only, it was like less than $100. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, man, should I just get... <laughs> just buy a storage unit just to no, have this thing. Don't do that. <laughs> that, that defeats the well, price. it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't happen. But, I mean, and then all of, like, the end caps they were selling, every single thing you could think of that you've seen in a store they're selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I So what I actually ended up getting, you know, the flip poster racks yes. that every, like, department store has right, where you right. can – it's got the little – cubicle things underneath where you go to that letter and you can pull the poster out but on top it's like 30 different posters you can flip through um i got a poster flip rack it was 40 (laughs) dollars for this thing and it's like we're laughing about it now but it is like it's kind of sad that they're letting these like these probably if i were to go online and find something like this it would probably sell for give or take like a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, but they just have to, they just have to get they rid, to get of, rid it, of it because they're just gonna trash what, everything that's left in there. It's not like they're packing it up yeah. and shipping it off. Uh, but uh, so that was the big score that I found. Is I mean, so obvious what you can do with that and with what we do. Are you gonna um, use that for displays for for sales or for at home? Oh no, this would be for conventions, uh, convention stuff and events. I'm trying to figure out the best way to utilize it mm-hmm. in a booth display. The only the biggest issue is because it's just, you know, standard booth size is 10 by 10. Mm-hmm. This takes up about a quarter of that yeah, space right, because right. not necessarily the physical space that this exists in, but you have to have like an invisible bubble for the person to stand right, in. Right, and move it. So you've got to take into account yep. an additional like two feet around this thing. So it's a great, it's really, it was a great deal and a really cool piece. So I, I mean, I'm excited to figure out how to best utilize it. Another thing I got was like a poster stand that has, they, what they used it for was to advertise Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. So it's just a like a poster standee, but it's got pre pre designated like frames. So there's there's one tall and skinny part of this standee, and then there's two other um, windows, like squares. Yeah, yeah, windows that you can put different sized artwork in. Mm, that's interesting. Um, again, this is just stuff that I, I got to figure out how to utilize for a booth space or events, but. Just super cheap stuff that I, yeah. I couldn't say no yeah, to. Yeah, because when you have to buy that stuff, it is ridiculously expensive. Any kind of like trade show website that you go to for that crap, oh my God, it's ridiculous how much that stuff would cost. So yeah, that's a, a rare yeah. opportunity to, to get that stuff. It looked really sad. When I went to, when I went to mine, it was like, like <laughs> they had roped off the whole store. It was just the front. You could only walk around the front. And people were going oh, yeah. crazy. Like it was just garbage there. But people were filling their carts with all this garbage just because it was seventy percent off or whatever. And very sad. <laughs> I didn't awful. see. Th- I didn't see. Th- I didn't see much of that when I went. Um, it was similar. Where like just really, you couldn't even get to the aisles. Yeah, yeah. It was just the front section that they put all the toys in. Um, if you wanted, like, we went in the back because we told me we wanted to look 
to actually buy the fixtures. So they let us go back there to check out what was still left for the fixtures. Oh, okay. Man, it it is it was there was so much cool stuff. I wish we like had the space for a specific need. Um, yeah, you should have probably come be, here. We could have shopped at ours and stored it at my house because we have more room for for that kind of stuff. But I know it's tighter for you. Um, but yeah, cause I was, I was trying to look at it and try to figure out how we could use it. That that's really hard in the moment to try to figure out how to use it. But like you said, things were like, I mean, like some of the shelving and stuff, it's like five bucks, you know, like it was crazy how cheap a lot of the stuff that they had were, but I couldn't figure out how to use it. And so, you know, I don't know. It's it's kind of sad. I kind of just wanted something too. Like I kind of just wanted a piece of Oh, I, of I, it. so I took uh, a little graphic um, that was on one of, another stand that had Jeffrey the, yeah. the giraffe on it. I hid it. So one of the stand, this poster standee that I got, not the <laughs> flip rack, but the, the standee, yeah. they let me, because they're not going to do anything with it, obviously, they let me keep like the Nintendo promo. Right, right. The thing uh, that was in it. that was on yeah. there. So I took... Uh, Jeffrey the giraffe, like <laughs> long and skinny graphic, yeah. and I put it behind the Nintendo graphic. So I have that's good. Toys R Us, Jeffrey, little like, and I don't know, just some thing. promo yeah, art yeah, yeah, yeah. that they had. That's awesome. Um, that's good. I, I had to make sure that it got like an actual piece of Toys R Us, yeah, um, before it was too late. The so the other store that closed, though, I was gonna say is Aaron Brothers. <laughs> Same kind of it's closing. Ours are gone. Like Ours a, are done. Like that's like a fake closing though, because they're Michaels. It's owned by Michaels, and I don't even think that it's that urgent for them to sell all their inventory, other than it's a headache to ship it to a Michaels. That's what mine but was. So I, mine was incredible. So let me tell you, I went on the right day because I'm like, I know this thing's closing. I should just go check it out. I, I hadn't really been paying attention, but I thought I'd go see because I always need frames. I always know I'm going to need frames. So I went. The The deal at mine was they had way too many frames and they said corporate told them to just get rid of it. They didn't want to have to ship them or move them around, even though there's a Michaels very close by. Uh, so the deal was buy one frame at 70% off get and get three free. <laughs> It was so insane. You're paying for you pay for one once? frame at seventy percent off. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and it, that's insane. So I got like thirty-two frames for forty dollars or something. It was it was just <laughs> it was insane. Oh my gosh! So that's I, ridiculous. So I came home and I'm like, what am I doing? I should just buy. A, I spend more than forty dollars on frames. one frame. <laughs> So, yeah, I yeah. just went back and grabbed everything I could uh, in the colors that I wanted. And uh, it was nice because I have so much crap that I want to get framed. I was able to get stuff in frames finally. So, uh, But, again, I think they're exactly like Toys R Us, too, though, in that they were always the overpriced store. Um, I mean, think, when was the last time you ever went to Aaron Brothers to buy art supplies? Like it's. Oh, I never went for art yeah. supplies. I would go when they had, like, Penny the frame sale. Yeah. Yep. I'd only go, and it's the same with Michaels. Like, right. I'll buy well one if I have a specific mm-hmm. need, obviously. But I usually go when they have like a crazy frame sale, yeah. and I'll just buy a bunch of frames. <laughs> it's actually a problem now because under this, so my desk where I record, where I'm at right now, I've got an L-shaped desk mm-hmm. where it's very, very long, too long tables that I put next to each other 
And under one, like completely full, <laughs> one of these tables is just frames. And you just bought them like, because you knew you were going to well, need so them? Or was it a deal or I, something? It's always like the equivalent saying to like your your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go and order food, you order a lot of food and you can't eat it. Yeah. I always have like these great ideas for a show or for a series of prints that I want to do. Um, so like I get this idea and it's similar to the collecting itch yeah. and I'm like, oh, well, I can't do this show or this idea if I don't have all of the frames before I finish the artwork. The same matching frames. Yeah. So <laughs> I, yeah, for so many different stupid project ideas, I get super excited at the conception phase yeah, Sure. that I buy a shitload of frames and then I either can't do the whole, like, the big idea, the big plan, or, you know, I go a different direction or whatever. Right. But now, because I've done so many gallery shows and was responsible for the framing, like, I have all of these frames from, like, Tasty Real Estate, from oh, the Cute Couples show, right, right. from the Aliens show, from Princess Bride. Like, all of these frames, I own mm. and <laughs> once we take the show down that's right like, i can recycle a lot of these i forget frames, i forget that you don't sell still have yeah them. you don't sell the framed piece ever like that's what you should do at the end just get rid of the frames like bump up the price and just sell the frame like so, now i have the stack of well, frames right next to me here and now i'm like well when the next show i do i've got to gear it towards the sizes that i have here because <laughs> uh <laughs> I got a crap load of frames, so yeah. Well, that's that's what I've learned now. It's like I look at this giant collection of frames. I have like, all right, well, if I'm going to be a part of this next show or I'm doing a piece for this gallery, I'm just going to force myself to come up with a concept that will work within these frames that I already have. Right, right. Yeah, I think you have to. So, uh, But so going back to the Toys R Us thing and like getting all these fixtures. Yeah. Um, we talked about, the, and kind of going back to the dream jobs thing, we kind of talked about this in the freelance episode um, where it's, you know, and I've heard this so many different times before. I listened to Adventures in Design podcast, and this was something that Bricky and a lot of his guests talk about when you're talking about creatives that and artists that are able to get really cool work. People always want to know, like, oh, what did you do to get that right. work? Um, and a common answer is just do the work that you want to do, you know, without getting hired. So Tommy Perez is a great example Mm -hmm. of this where for years he was building these passion projects just for fun, um, that would ultimately lead to a lot of future work for him. So like he did the series with his daughter, um, and Marvel, like dressing her up in paper in different costumes that have to do with the Marvel superheroes. He did the Oreos. Um, he made a stormtrooper first order stormtrooper helmet out of Oreos. Um, so just a lot of work that was not paid, but led to yep. these really cool gigs. So taking these fixtures from Toys R Us, I don't know if I'm going to be able to use them, but a dream project for me I really want to be able to get into like experiential design. And this is actually something Tommy talked about yes, too in the episode. Yes, he did. Yeah. That's something I'm really interested in. I so for me, I'm kind of, I'm like a problem solver. 
and more of a tinkerer, which is probably why I gravitate towards the paper sculptures mm-hmm. and paper art. Because that's, I think that's more problem solving than it is creative. I mean, obviously you have to have a base of a like an art or something, but it's really figuring out how I can take this two dimensional flat piece and create the same concept or image using layered paper. Mm-hmm. That's my approach to it. Right. So uh, I I think experiential design is very similar to it where you've got to create, you're using problem solving to create some, some sort of like an experience or an encapsulated experience that has to do with whatever the, the brand is. Right. Um, but anyways, going back to the fixtures and creating your own, doing your own work to get more work. Right. Um, I want to try and figure out a way to specifically with decon coming up. And if we ever do a different convention, I want to start building these like little experiences on my own at these conventions because if you know that's something that I'm interested in doing, nobody's going to hire me without proving that I can do this on my own. Yes. So if you are listening to this and you're interested in doing something like that, I mean this is a great way to get involved. It's easy to get a convention spot. There's so many conventions all over the place. Just utilize your space. I think what Tommy has said, um, and Don and a lot of these other creatives, if you want to do something, just figure out a way to do these projects on your own. I know it's difficult if you have a full-time job, but you know, like me, if you really want to do this, you've got to find ways to insert this passion project into your life. Otherwise you're never going to be able to get hired for this stuff. The thing about it too is exactly what you're saying. The 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 industry, the world, the flow of life and business, they don't care how busy you are. I don't care. You know, like that's it's kind of mean like that, right? Like you've got to do the yeah. work. You've got to hustle and get it out there and and show what you can do because uh saying, "Oh, well I have kids and I got to do this stuff." Uh, that's great and no one would argue with that 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 is a valid excuse to not be doing it, but that doesn't mean they're going to hire you. That just means why you're not doing the work. And, and that seems harsh. And I think it is. Uh, and that's the that's the challenge of doing absolutely everything is, is trying to fit everything in in some way that makes sense. It's like if you were a baker, right? And you want to sell cookies, but you've never made cookies. And you don't cookies. make cookies in your free time because you're too busy, but you're hoping someone's going to hire you to make cookies. Why would anyone hire you to make cookies if you did? You have to put that out there. You've got to get people to yes. taste your cookies and, and do it at home all the time that you can. But I find a lot of people find that, they're like you just said, like they're too busy to do this stuff. And so then it goes to the people that somehow find time to do it. Um, so I highly encourage you. Like I'm constantly looking for any ways to, to do this character work, you know, because I like doing it so much. I was just telling you this the other day, like I'm getting to the point now where I think I like work more than people. (laughs) I find I'd rather be working on Uh, something than spending time with people that I don't particularly care for, you know? Well, you, you, so you actually are a good example of this too, because, you know, you have a a full-time, you've got so much freelance work, like it's enough for a full-time job. Definitely. Obviously you're, you're freelance full-time, but you've got so many projects um, but you still find time to do these um, like fan art pieces mm-hmm. that they don't ex- you're not getting paid to do it. Right. 
You're not making any money in any way. It, like the Squared Co-Create thing that we're doing. Yeah. If you want to do work for uh, comic books, you want to be a comic book, you want to do comic book covers or comic book art, utilize the Squared Co-Create hashtag to, you know, this is a great example for Superman. If you want to do comic book covers, have your submission be your right. take on a Superman comic book cover. Yes, yes. Um, you know who who else does is a great example of this Mike Anderson mm-hmm. from Scary Movie Ice Cream Podcast. He I, I'm I follow him and he's always doing work that's just making himself better. And he's sharing it with you so like you can see what he's capable of. Um but it's little projects like I said like what you do is fan art. It's stuff that he's doing for fun because this is what he wants to do. Yep. I think he wants to be in comics. Um, so a lot of his stuff is geared towards comic books. Right. So he's do, he's done like the panels for comic books, like the actual page individual pages um, for comic books and the storytelling. It's again, I mean, I'm going in circles here, but do the work you want. Find a reason or a project that you can assign yourself and get done, and figure out a way to share it with the world. Yep. I think it's it's great advice. And it's something that anybody can do. Yep. You just have to make yourself yes. do it. Yes. And and I, you know, I know it is a valid excuse when you have a family and you have kids and you have everything else that's going on in your life. But everybody has that. I don't have kids. So that that there is my advantage. I don't <laughs> have kids. So I have more time than someone else would with kids. But uh, again, like I, it's unfortunate that life doesn't slow down for, for those, uh, for those reasons. You still gotta, you still gotta do the work. So I don't know. That's where, like, even when we were having that discussion on the episode about freelance and stuff, I know that there were probably a lot of people that were saying that, but you know, Tommy and Don both have kids too, and yet they find time for these projects. So, you know, there is, there is a way. I just think, I think everyone has very different ideas of what working a lot means though, too, you know, like, for some people, mm-hmm. it's like eight hours is working a lot. Other people's, it's 20 hours is working a lot. So I think that has a lot to do with it, too. But, you know, I love what I do so much that even when I'm done working, I still want to do the same stuff. It's just I want to do my own stuff. And not, not, <laughs> so uh, yeah. that helps, I guess. <laughs> so we'll see. There's So I know we're going long, but you'll I'm have to edit this. Down. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to edit some of this. Sure. down. Uh, I am so that, you know, I went to Comic-Con when I was in high school. Um, and then I kind of, I took like 15 years off and last year I went for one day this year. I'm planning to go for, I probably won't be there for every single day, but I have, you know, an entire, a pass for the whole convention. Hmm. Tuesday or Um, something from Tuesday on, or I think it's Wednesday to Sunday. (laughs) So I probably won't stay of all the days. What like the tentative plan is to go the first day, knock out whatever buying I want to do. And then the other days, um, look into getting into some of the panels. Because on the other day, like if you want to do a panel, you have to be in line. And that's all you're doing that day, basically. terrible. So the fact that I have so many days, I'll have to... Look at what panels are open to see if there's any that are worth staying in line for a day. Do you have any concept of the panels this time? I haven't. I haven't looked into it yet. Um, but I'm sure there there will be at least one. Another cool thing that they do 
and I don't think that many people utilize this, is they have continuous movies running in like one of the ballrooms. Mm. So they curate movies for the whole, all the hours that the conventions open. So it's, it's supposed to work as like a, a place you go to rest and you can like catch a movie yeah. as you're resting. Yeah. So it's a way for them to keep you on the premises if you eat, get too tired. Yeah. So they just dump you in an open room and play a movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I might do that depending on what movies are playing. Do you have a shopping list already? Do you know of the exclusives that are going to no, be there? I'm going to have to spend, I'll probably spend the weekend prior <laughs> just going through the whole list. Oh my God. It, that's a chore in itself yeah. because there's there's probably a thousand, if not maybe even a couple thousand different vendors. Oh, in there. yeah. It's insane. There's there's so many. Well, I will give you my list and see what you can get because there's always stuff that I want. So Yeah, no, definitely. Let me mm-hmm. know. You know, I went to uh, I've been going to the gym. I mean, I've been going to the gym forever, but I've been uh, kind of upping it. And uh, thanks to you, I started doing a leg workout, which is just <laughs> awful and i got my thanks to me i got the because i asked you about it so you're a gym guy if you've ever met mark you know he's a gym guy uh gym guy uh, yeah shorts, shorts guy. guy gym guy shorts guy i think yours is better but uh, i got the worst fucking leg cramps in the world the other night <laughs> like like it was in both legs and i thought i was gonna die like have you ever had cramps like that like where you're like oh my god i i i don't i I haven't had many cramps very that many times. That nighttime, uh, sort soreness. Yeah, that's whatever. Yes, but cramps, not not really. Not you're cramps. young. Maybe it's because you're young. You never get like a Charlie horse or that kind of. You know that. I I have had them, but it's not. A, I don't get them very frequently. Yeah, no, I don't either. But this was because I did one of the leg machines and it was awful. I thought I was going to die. Like for a minute, I thought maybe this is a <laughs> stroke or a heart attack. Maybe it's not a cramp. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bad but i thought of you instantly i said thanks for the leg workout mark yeah anytime yeah absolutely did you think of your thing all right so yeah to round out today's episode i'm gonna end with something a little bit lighter okay um on my in my netflix queue ah um i've been watching this so this is actually it's been out for a few years and it this is somewhat of a reboot um it's a cartoon Mm -hmm. from the 80s there's a netflix original series it's voltron have oh. you ever watched the new Voltron? No, I I remember the old one, but I didn't. I haven't watched the the new one. So I wasn't a fan of the '80s Voltron. Yeah. Um, I really like the idea. It's also not an original idea, right, but right. bringing mechanical monsters together to form one giant robotic mechanical monster is a concept that I am familiar sure. with via Power Rangers, and I am a fan of this concept. So Voltron, yeah, I wasn't a fan of the 80s one. I don't know how this escaped me for so long. I think it came out 2015 or 16. Mm-hmm. And what, one of the LA galleries, Hero Complex Gallery, yeah. to kick off this series, they did like an official Voltron art gallery show, yeah. which put it even more on my radar. And I remember this show coming out and I kind of dismissed it because I wasn't a fan of Voltron. But for some reason, like Netflix was really wanted me to watch it (laughs) and I finally gave it a shot and I love it. Mm. Like it's it's definitely like got kitty humor, like it's kind of cheesy. But did you ever watch uh, Korra or Avatar The Last Airbender? No, I did not. 
So this is very similar to Korra. Um, the animation style is very similar. A lot of the humor is kind of similar. Is it two like D? Physical... Is it hand drawn? Yeah. Oh, it's two D. Um, I think there's three D elements. Yeah. Like when sure. the ships are flying, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's two D, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's I've so far I've binged the first season in about a week. And I'm halfway through the second one. The only thing I will say, the 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 seasons, or at least the first one, was really short. It was only like 12 or 13 episodes. Yeah. And they had like two or three filler episodes in there. What? What do you mean? Like, uh, So a filler episode is like just like a stupid episode that you can throw away and it won't really impact the overall story arc. Oh, oh so it is that tightly so narrated, it, like it's... It's, yeah, okay. it's like a stupid, um, right, 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 like right. a side mission sure. or just something trivial that happens. Um, so I was surprised that they would have such a s- small number of episodes in a season and kind of waste a couple episodes. Mm. I would have thought that it would be in like a little bit tighter. Right, um, right. But anyways, it's, it's still, I love the show. Um, I'm definitely a fan of Voltron now and... The collector in me is like looking oh, on no. Amazon and all these things. I don't want all the thing. All I want is like one pretty good toy of the the vehicles that you can put together to make Voltron. Right. So there's five individual uh, like spaceship lions that form Voltron. Yeah. I want to get like a set that you can put them all together and create Voltron. Did you watch? And I was looking online. Yeah. They, they they range from like the different variations of them and like the how intricate they are from like fifty dollars to I'm not kidding you like a thousand dollars. Are these? Is this for the new series or for the old original series? So they're all like new new releases, but it's I found them for both versions. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a, the '80s version by a toy comp like a modern toy company. Um, or, you know, a, a modern company doing the modern show, but it's, I've, I've got to f- do a little bit more research and get pr- like one of the middle of the row ones. I'm definitely not spending a thousand dollars. Yeah. Them. And no. I don't want to cheap out and get like the dinky right. one that just sucks. Um, but yeah, God. this is, this is a fun little, little, uh, road I've been on the past week or so. You have three chunky turtles still to buy, don't you, sir? <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. You know, if if I if they have a booth at Comic Con, that might be the thing. There you go. Then I can save. Somebody will have probably it. like five five hundred dollars on shipping. Yeah, I bet somebody will have that for that. Did you ever watch um, Battle of the Planets or G Force or I think the Japanese no. name was Gachaman or something like that? You ever watch that one? It's nope. the the like five kids and then they they all. It's kind of the same concept. They all. Have sh- How many shows have like yeah. five kids that come together with their giant robots? Their ships to come together, giant, but they made giant, like a fiery yeah. phoenix or something like that. Anyway, I, oh, yeah, interesting. there's been a lot of revivals of that show too, but I haven't seen the original in some time. So anyway, yes, along mm. the same lines, but uh, I'll have to check out the Voltron show then. I, I've, I've heard about it. I've heard a lot of, because a lot of my friends are fans. I don't know but. if you would like it though, because it, it's... I was going to say, if you're a fan of Korra, um, the last air or not the last Airbender, but whatever, yeah. Korra, right. it, you would definitely like this. But but does Korra hold up as an um, adult or was that something you watched as a kid? I don't know. What year was that? That, that came out 
like a couple years ago. Oh, that's a more <laughs> recent one. But it's super recent. Okay. Um, so you see, that's how much I know about it. Uh, but do you, did you like that? I mean, do you like that as an adult or do you, is it like, oh, this is a really good kid show? I don't know. I, I love it. Oh, you do? You love it. About, <laughs> I love, so for, I let, Avatar, I think was better than Korra. Yeah. Um, Korra is like maybe geared to, like for teens. Um, and Avatar was more, way more kid friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mark Hamill's in. He's one of the voices in Avatar. Mm. Not not that I don't know if that makes a difference to you, mm, but no. he's there. Um, it depends. I mean, like you loved Troll Hunters, and I had a hard time getting into it. I liked the basic concept of it, and I liked some of the characters, but I, I started getting a little bored with the the humor. And I loved the first season. So so many Netflix seasons. This is the the curse, the trend <laughs> that I've yeah. It's love the first season. I get through the second season, and I lose interest the third season. Yeah, that happened to. Orange is the New Black. Oh, that's that happened yeah. on. Well, this isn't a Netflix thing, but it's happened for me on for The Walking Dead. Uh, this happened with me on. Uh, there, I'm sure there's a few other Netflix series that I just can't think of, but yeah. that just seems to be the trend. Is that and Troll Hunters was that too? Like, I binged through the first season. It took me a while to get through the second one, and I haven't even. I'm maybe like four into the third one and not really anxious to finish. The that. third one wraps it up, though. I think doesn't it? Doesn't it sort of? Well, the uh, the voice actor died. Um, who's the, yeah, yeah, the troll hunter character. He 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 died, and I guess he didn't finish recording because you, there's like a they recasted the voice actor mm. or a new voice actor, and you can totally tell. When it's one actor versus the other. For the third season or did that happen in the second season? For the third season. Mm. So the original um, actor was in like the first few episodes. And, and then, then it switches. The new guy takes over. Well, he's a high school kid. His voice changes. <laughs> it's fine. They can explain <laughs> yeah, it away. I guess. Yeah. Um, so th- I had th- one more Netflix thing. This is the I haven't actually seen this show, but I have heard about it. Um, it's called Kiss Me First. Hmm. Have you heard about this no. one? So it's the premise is very, very similar to Ready Player One, I, which is what makes me interested in this. Ugh. It's, yeah, so Ready Player One, I mean, if you love the movie or not, it's a cool concept. Yes, like, yes. I really like the idea that there's a virtual reality world that exists that is so lifelike and so much fun that people would rather spend their time. Yes. There. We're very close to um, that. So this, that's the similarity for kiss me first. There's a virtual reality. Virtual reality is a thing. And there's a game where people find like a, le- a level or an area within this game that they just want to exist in. And that's kind of where the similarities begin and end for the show. Again, I haven't watched it, so I don't know. Um, I think it just came out recently. Like it's a new show. So it, that okay yeah it's new it's a new netflix original series that just Hmm. released the first season sometime this month um all right but yeah it's just based on that i'm really interested to at least give it a shot hopefully it's better than ready player one um and can hold my interest but um 
I'm actually I'm pretty excited to check that out. And like I so I like video games. I'm more of like a nostalgia gamer. Yeah. I, I'm really interested to see if they're able to do something like this Ready Player One and, and now Kiss Me First, where they can create a world where you're interacting with other people and like that it it it's I don't know, like that experience people You mean you mean in real life? Oh yeah, yeah, like that. This virtual reality system or whatever can exist in real life. Um, I think, I think so. I think that is inevitable. Um, well, you know they they had Second Life. Do you remember that? Mm-mm. So it was, it's the same concept, but not virtual reality. So Second Life, you create an avatar and a character, mm. and it exists in this online world. But it was a computer game where your avatars will go off and live and do life or whatever like like um, borings like sims kind of life or like we're, yeah oh. it's like that oh. and that was a big deal uh maybe early 2000s huh. but yeah a version of that but it's virtual reality i would love to see so like the star and wars less dis like the star wars thing yes that did. yes like that right like right. that so i could see variations of that like uh uh experiences like that where it's kind of controlled but it feels like maybe you're doing more than you are and and that kind of thing for a short period of time i don't know about beyond that or the casual the casual thing always has a creepy element of it to me you know like <laughs> uh that i'm always yeah. concerned about so it's like it seems like you have to have a, a goal or a mission or something that keeps you like 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 maybe it's like an escape room kind of thing where you're there with friends virtually like you're not all in the same room per se but you can all experience right. this thing and do this shared goal or something like that. But beyond that, like when it's just like, oh, this is my online persona, that always gets weird to me. Like, <laughs> you know, like you're somebody completely yeah. different online than you are in real life. And I know that that can be appealing for certain things, but it seems like the cyber stuff always gets a little creepy fast. <laughs> like the comment section yeah. of any article you look at. You know, like the, yeah, like how do you keep it so that it's this enjoyable, fun experience and not just the worst possible people attracted to it? So I don't know. It's, it, I think it has to be the right situation for, for me. Oh, that rep, man, makes me want to talk about an episode of Black Mirror. Which one? Was that the uh, Callister, USS Callister? The first one of the new season, the, the Star Trek one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I have so many thoughts on that. So many thoughts on that. Can we do a, a Black Mirror We should, episode? but yeah, we should tell people. Uh, I was just wearing your shirt yesterday, and someone asked me about that. They're like, that's my favorite episode. So I was surprised they, uh, yeah, like, well, they knew it. Yeah, Can't get the shirt anymore. Sorry, it's limited edition. <laughs> <laughs> you say limited edition. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this has gone on super long. You'll edit it. I have to do some, yeah. some heavy editing Definitely. on this one. Um, do you have anything... Leftover before we uh, sign I off just here. want to say thank you to our guests that we've had on in this last month. To, so to uh, Tommy Perez and Don Clark and Miguel Wilson, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. And those were good episodes. So thank you very much. Thank you to everyone who listened. A lot of you listened to the freelance episode. So thank you very much for spreading the word. We hope you're sticking around for the for the other episodes as well. Yes. Thank you, everybody, um, for listening, like Jared just said. Uh, and I mentioned this earlier in the episode, but I'm going to finish off with that. Uh yeah, this this is terrible. Mm -hmm. These these words I'm saying together yes, right now. They are. Um <laughs> take two. Here we go. Um 
so if you are a listener of the Squared Co. podcast and you do enjoy listening to us, please, if you haven't already, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Um, we do, like I said earlier, we do read all of our reviews and our feedback. The, it's the only way that we can grow and learn and be better for our listeners. So please be sure to do that if you haven't already. Um, if you are a fan of us as well, please, man, this is, this is, I don't know why you make me do this I don't this either. Stuff. I'd be happy to do it. But we're going to, we're going to give a prize, right? If we, Woo! if we reach 25, 25 reviews. reviews. So rating is a rating is when you just leave the stars one out of five stars. Yes. Um, we're talking about reviews where you actually write down a sentence or a short paragraph of why you listen to the show, what you like about it, what you dislike. Leave a review. Once we hit 25 reviews, we will be doing a giveaway. Um, and because it's such a small pool that we are pulling from, yeah, odds are pretty good. Uh, you have a really, really good chance of winning. Here's what I want to do for the prize. I was thinking about this. And again, we're going long. I know. But uh, I want to do this thing where we have a toy box, both of us. And we as we buy stuff, because we're constantly buying toys and we're getting duplicates and we're just on the hunt and we sometimes whatever. I want to have a toy box where we just throw things in the toy box as we're having episodes. And and we can get stuff either that we buy or old toys that we're getting rid of or doubles. Or if we have a guest, maybe they want to throw something into the toy box. And we just keep collecting this toy box until we give it away uh, for the winner. I think that would be really cool. It's going to be huge. Yeah, but then you don't know what it is exactly. And you can get some We're not even going to be able to afford shipping on this (laughs) box. But I think that'll be really fun. In addition to getting some Squared Co. swag, you would get all these fun toys. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. great. That's a great idea. Let's let's do that. Yep. So this mystery toy box, if you are interested in receiving it, please leave a review. Um, and not only that, tell a friend. So if you enjoy the Squared Co. podcast, you probably know somebody that would enjoy it as well. Please uh, share the Squared Co podcast with somebody that you think would enjoy it. Recommend your favorite episode or an episode that you think they might enjoy or benefit from. Uh, like we said, we did the freelance episode, which was our first kind of tips and advice and professional, um, our professional topic. We are planning to do more of those. So please continue to listen and give us your feedback on what you would like to hear. Yep. So, I don't know how I'm going to edit all of what just yes. happened. We can but, we could probably um, whittle this down to about a good solid 10 minutes of information. So got oof. your work cut out for you. I'm looking at my my timer yep. right now. It's If you're listening to this, we recorded two hours <laughs> and five minutes. Let's see what the final episode actually looks good like. Good luck. All right. So enough rambling for today. That is it for... This episode, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you later.